as I read this, as I was just asking, you know, what is it that, uh, you know, as I do all of, with every study, whenever I prepare, I, I look at the scriptures, I read the scriptures, and I ask the Lord, what is it that you want me to speak about? And, you know, when I read this, what was eye-catching was really the life of Stephen. And I was reading about just his life and how God powerfully moved through this man. Let me remind you, he was a, a man that was chosen to serve. He was chosen as a deacon by the apostles. And now he became a powerful instrument for God. And so I was led to focus on this man and to discuss also how God can move through men and women who have the right heart for God. I want you to know that his story is very similar to ours. It's very similar to other people's story. Men and women who love God, who have the right heart for God. And in the process of serving God, God moves powerfully through them. And I do believe that the story of Stephen is very inspirational. It will be very inspiring for all of us. For we all begin just like Stephen, surrendering our lives to Jesus. But what happens after that? You know, it doesn't happen to everybody. But as we are given the insight by the Lord, His desire is that He would use us in the same manner that He used Stephen. You know, this is God's overflow, overflowing power through man. God doing wonders through the lives of individuals. How does it happen? You know, how can this happen? You know, this is the insight that we're going to be talking about today. And I know that many of us have heard it said that, you know, God uses people who pray. We've heard it said that God uses people who study the word of God. We've heard it, pe we've heard it said that God uses people who belong to a body. God uses people who have a real passion, a boldness for God. God uses people who have or who are not practicing sin. God uses people who are filled with faith. God uses people who are compassionate and loving towards others. And God uses people who are faithful. All of these things are absolutely good. And they are great things. And God does, in fact, use people who practice these things. But the result the result of these things, I want you to know, come down to one thing, and that is a heart that beats for God. Remember this. It is a devoted heart. See, if your heart is truly passionate about God, then you're going to desire to fellowship with Him in prayer. Then you're going to desire to read His Word. Then you're going to desire to be around the people of God. You're going to have a boldness to share the gospel you're going to fear and not practice sin. You're going to truly trust in Him. You're truly going to have a love for others. And you will be faithful in the things that He has given you. If your heart beats for God, it's all about the heart. And these things are the result of it. And when these things happen, when your heart is right with God, then you will, He will overflow you. He will overflow in your life. It's all about the heart. That's what it comes down to. See, if the heart is loyal, if the heart is devoted to the Lord, then God is going to use you. That's how simple it is. 
I read the scripture this past Wednesday, and I want to give you this scripture so that you can have an understanding of God's desire to use people and how he wants to use us all. Look at what it says in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 12. It says, both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. So it is God's power. It is God's strength. Riches and honor come from him, and he is the one that gives power and strength to all. See, it is God that does all these things. And understand this, that this is available for all. See, whoever wants the power and the strength of God in your life, it is for the taking. Understand that this is for the taking. But the key to all of this will be your heart. Your heart must be right. And I want to prove this to you also through Scripture. Look at what it says in 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. It says there, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. There are a few things for us to learn here. The first is this. The Lord is looking at his people. It says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth. So he's looking at people. And the next thing that we see from here is that the Lord wants to show his strength through people. God wants to show his strength through people. But the key to all of this is mentioned there. The key is your heart. It must be loyal to him. It can't be half loyal. It can't be, you can't have a half allegiance. It has to be completely loyal to the Lord. And this is the key to all of this. See, when we look at Stephen, he was no different than us, except for his heart. And this is why God used him. And look at what it says in Proverbs 4.23. I'm going to give you the NIV version of this because it speaks, I believe, the way God wants to share with us. It says here, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Think about that. Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Everything flows from your heart. If your heart beats for God, then th the things that we discuss will take place. If your heart is right, if your heart beats for the Lord, then you will be in prayer, then you will be reading the word, then you'll be coming to church, then you'll be full of faith, then you'll be walking in holiness, then you'll have a compassion for others, then you'll have a boldness to share, and then you will be faithful to the things that God has given you. It's about your heart. And remember what Jesus told us in Matthew 6, 21, where he said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Think about this. Who is your treasure? Is it the Lord? Is it the Lord? And this is what we're going to talk about. And this is why when I looked at the life of Stephen, I said, what moved this man from becoming a man that serves table to a man that God used greatly? And we're going to see the things that he was filled with. Beginning in verse 8, let's read. It says, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Dr. Luke, remember, he's the author of the book of Acts. 
He reveals a number of things about Stephen. Here in this verse, we have two things that he reveals, and then we're going to look at another verse where he reveals, uh, again, two other things. So it's going to be a total of four things that are going to be revealed about Stephen. And this is why we're looking at his life, so that when we look at his life, we can examine our own life, and we can take what we see in Stephen and apply it to ourselves. The first thing that we see in Stephen that Dr. Luke tells us is that he was full of faith. When you look at other translations, it actually states, it doesn't use the word faith, it uses the word grace, okay? It uses the word grace. And when we look at this, right, I believe that this is a more accurate translation of this. If we look at this as being full of grace, I believe that this will speak to us about Stephen. Because when you look at grace, this same attribute of grace is in God. See, God is gracious. This is an attribute. This is his characteristic. This is who he is. The same is spoken of Jesus. Let me reveal this to you. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word, of, of course, is Jesus himself. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father. And what is he? Full of grace and truth. This is speaking of Jesus, that he is full of grace and truth. Just like Jesus is full of grace, the Bible is revealing to us that Stephen is full of grace. And what does this mean to be full of grace? It means that you choose to bless. It means that you choose to give favor. It means that you choose to give kindness rather than cursing, rather than retaliation. It means that you are filled with grace. You want to bless. You want to give favor. You want to be kind. You don't want to retaliate. You're not going to be here to give vengeance. You're not here to curse. And then it tells us about Stephen. The second thing is that he was full of power. Whose power was he full of? I want to remind you of. It is not Stephen's power that he was full of. He was filled and full of the power of God. Remember in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I believe Stephen... And I know for a fact that he was one of the 120 that was there present on the day of Pentecost in the upper room that was waiting for the Spirit of God to fall upon them. And the evidence of this power or the evidence of the power that fell upon him was what it says there, that he did wonders and signs among the people. Stephen was performing miracles and signs among the people. When we look at the apostles, we know that they were performing signs. They were performing wonders. They were performing miracles. One of the signs of the apostles was that they would do miracles. And God gave them the ability and worked through them and gifted them with miracles because he wanted to make sure that the people knew that God was working with them and working through them. And this is the same thing that we have with Stephen. He was a deacon, but now he was performing miracles like the apostles. And not only was he full of grace, not only was he full of power, but let's go up to Acts chapter 6, verse 5. And it says that they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. 
This man was filled with faith. Not only was he full of grace, not only was he full of power, but he was full of faith. This man was a man of deep faith in God. He believed in God. Remember this. He believed in his word. He believed in his promises. He trusted God. He was a man that was full of faith. And not only was he full of faith, but he was a man that was full of the Holy Spirit. What's amazing about this is that even before they chose him to become the deacon, they realized that he was a man that was full of the Holy Spirit. The Bible is revealing to us that Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. He was spirit-filled. He was spirit-led. He was under the control of the Holy Spirit. He was yielded to the Holy Spirit, and people saw it. People knew this fruit. It was evident. And how is it that someone can see, or how is it that someone can know that you are full of the Holy Spirit when they are living out the things from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, where it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you want people to know that you are full of the Holy Spirit, then you're going to be walking and living these things. And this is exactly what they saw in Stephen. They knew that he was full of the Holy Spirit. He was living these things out. People acknowledged it. People saw the fruit. People were able to say, he is full of the Holy Spirit. As we look at Stephen, Let's go back to his beginnings. Remember, in Acts chapter 6, verse 2, it tells us that they chose Stephen to serve tables. And now God raised this man up. He raised him up from serving tables to doing great things for God, to do great things through him. Imagine God chose this man. Let me fill you in on a secret. When we do our part, God will do his part. When we do our part, God will do his part. Our part comes from the right heart. Remember that. It comes from the right heart. Not that we're going to be perfect. Remember, because on this side of heaven, we will never be perfect. We still have flesh. We still have sin. But we're not going to practice these things. And as a man or woman that is after God, that has the right heart, remember this, it will seek after God. This heart that I'm talking about is a heart that burns for God and it's going to serve God no matter what it doesn't matter how if you're asked to clean toilets you're going to make them the shiniest toilets that 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 anyone's ever seen if you're asked to clean up a mess you're going to make it sparkling clean see the right heart understands who they serve it's not about position it's about knowing that you know what we have the privilege and the honor of serving God You know what? There are many people that lose this perception. They lose this concept. They think, you know what, that I give better service to my employer than I do to God. And that's a shame. It's a shame that, you know what, that people don't look at serving God as a greater and bigger responsibility than it is to serve man. And how do they treat the ministry? Oh, you know what? I'm not going in today. I'm not going in next week. I'm not going the following week. If they did that at their job, what would happen at their job? They'd be fired. But yet when it comes to the ministry, they have no issues doing that, not realizing who they serve. Think about that. 
You know, this is so, this is why we need a heart transplant. This is why these things are revealed to us. See, not only in serving, but you have a whole heart or you have a whole different perception on things. See, you're going to desire fellowship with God. See, if your heart is right with God, we are going to desire fellowship with God. We are going to wake up earlier in the morning if you go to work and you're going to pray. Why? Because your heart beats for God. You're going to desire to learn more about God. If, you know what? If you're going to desire, you know what? If you don't have time, you're going to desire to do what? To read the word of God. To allow the, God, the word of God to teach you, to, you know what? To transform you. To make you complete for every good and perfect work. We're going to desire to be in fellowship with God's people. You know what? If your heart burns for God, then you're going to burn for the people. And you're going to want to be around the people of God. You're going to want to be coming to church. You're going to be want to attend every service that you possibly can. If your heart is right, you want to be with, pe- with the people of God. You know that the people of God is where you want to be. You're going to want to trust God no matter what. You know what? Even through the difficulties, even through the problems, even through your trials, you're going to want to be there. You're going to want to live for God. You're going to want to have compassion for others. You know what? If your heart truly beats for God, it will beat for what God beats for, and that is for people. And you're going to be faithful to him no matter what. See, these are all indications of our heart. Where is our heart? These are the effects of the right heart. And they may not start immediately because some of us are new to the faith. And these things may not start immediately, but they must begin at one time. And if they haven't started, then reevaluate your heart for God reevaluate that heart for God and then recommit your heart to God and say, God, take a hold of my heart. If it loves God with everything that makes you up, up as a person, remember your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Just as, you know what Jesus said when he spoke, he said, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment, Mark 12, 30. You know what, with everything that makes us up as a person, do we love God? And the results will be just like Stephen. You will be full of faith, you will be full of the Holy Spirit, you will be full of grace, and you will be full of power. See, there is no difference. Stephen was a man that just breathed like us. He bled like us. He looked like us. But he made a choice, the same choice that we can all make. And you look at the history books. You can look at men and women, not only in the Bible, but look at them in the history books. They, those that made a decision for God and how God used himself, how God moved powerfully through these men and these women. You can name them. You know, you, there's so many men and so many women. You have Speaking of women, Amy Carmichael, Elizabeth Carmichael, Ruth Graham. You look at, you know what, not only, I'm not talking about Bible people, I'm talking about just common people. You look at men, the Wesley brothers. You know, you look at, at, at Pastor Chuck, you look at, 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 at Billy Graham, you look at all of these men, right? It's all the same thing. It's all about the heart. It's not about anything else. It's about your heart. Is it right for God? Is it it beating for God? 
And when we look at verse 9, it says there, then there arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and Asia disputing with Stephen. As we look at this, right, here comes a warfare. Remember, anyone that God is using, expect warfare. The enemy doesn't like God working through us. Why? Because there's going to be a battle. And we know that this battle was first announced with Adam and Eve when it was revealed in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And it was the enemy that moved the men from the synagogue of the freedmen. And who were these men, as we see here? These were Greek-speaking Jews. These were the Hellenists. These were slaves at one time, and now they were free. And not only these men, but there was also men from Cyrene, from Alexandria, from Cilicia, and from Asia. They all came to debate. They all came to dispute. And so what happens as they come to debate and to argue and to dispute against Stephen? Verse 10 tells us that, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. They had no chance against what Stephen possessed. And the Bible tells us there were two that he possessed. One was wisdom. And I'm talking about wisdom from God. I'm not talking about earthly wisdom. I am talking about wisdom from God. And Paul talked about this wisdom. He mentions this wisdom in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. He says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But the wisdom that he's talking about, he goes on to say, is the wisdom from God. And that's important for us to understand. And the book of Proverbs talks about this wisdom. And the and wisdom is crying out for us to embrace her. She is spoken of in a feminine form. But of course, this wisdom is from God. Look at what it says. I want to read to you because Proverbs speaks about this wisdom. And the first four or five chapters are focused on the wisdom that cries out. Beginning in Proverbs chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, it says, My son, if you receive my words... And treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the path of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things from those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and who are devious in their path. He, this wisdom, will deliver you from these things. 
And another thing that we read there in verse 10 was that they could not resist the Spirit. Imagine that. That was the Holy Spirit. See, when we are yielded to the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit dwells in you, no one can stand against him. Remember that. When he speaks through us, no one can stand against him. Think about this, right? Imagine God living and leading and speaking through us. How can anyone stand against him? See, when you allow the Spirit of God to speak through you, believe me, they are in a losing battle. Those that are hearing you, that are arguing against you. Because no one can ever win against God. No one can ever have victory against the truth. I think many of us have experienced this, right? As you share the truth, can people argue against it? There's no way. They don't argue against the truth. It's hard. They just accept it. You know what? You can see that, you know what? That they can't fight against you, that they can't argue against you because it is the truth of God. And that is the Holy Spirit that is speaking through you. And so it prevails as we read. And we're going to get, uh, we're going to move quickly. It says here, then they secretly induce men to say, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him, seized him, and brought him to the council. They set up false witnesses who said, this man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against the Holy Spirit, I mean against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. Let me reveal this. Since they could not defeat the truth, what do they resort to? They resort to lies. And where do lies come from? John 8, tells us what? He con it comes from the devil, the father of lies. See, they induce men to say lies against Stephen. In other words, they had a lie against Stephen. And they were saying he was speaking blasphemous words against Moses and God. And we know that when it came to Moses, they all respected Moses. And God, they all revered God. And when these men began to share lies about Stephen with others, they began to share lies that they were doing these things as they were induced by these men, the freedmen and the Cyrenians and the Alexandrians and the Sicilians and those from Asia. That the people, the elders and the scribes, they came to arrest Stephen and they brought him to the council. And let me remind you, this council that they brought him to was the same council that tried Jesus. This was the same council that just tried, as we talked about in these past few weeks, Peter and John. But this trial was more like a trial that Jesus had. As they stirred, remember the people had stirred up people to lie against Jesus and against his teachings. And they said the same thing with Stephen. They lied against what he was saying with regard to the temple and the law. And they said, we heard it firsthand. That Jesus, as they said about Stephen, that Jesus will destroy the temple and he will change the laws of Moses. And as they said this, as they were accusing Stephen, everybody's eyes were on Stephen to see how he would react. What was he going to say? What was he going to do? And when they were looking at Stephen, look at what verse 15 says. And all who sat in the council looking steadfastly at him saw his face 
as the face of an angel. Remember, we're talking a man, about a man that was full of grace. We're talking about a man that was full of power. He was full of faith. He was full of the Holy Spirit. And when the council looked at him, what did they see? They saw the face of an angel. They saw something different in Stephen. Remember, we're talking about a man that bleeds like us. We're talking about a man that is no different than us. But when they saw his face, they saw something different about him. And they saw the face of an angel. They saw the glory of an angel. Remember the brightness of an angel. They saw the brightness of a celestial being. In other words, of somebody belonging to heaven. That's what they saw in Stephen. This was the brightness of the glory of God. Let me remind you, the glory of God was shining in the face of Stephen. When Stephen decided to give his heart fully to the Lord, his whole life changed. Just like many of us, when we gave our lives to the Lord, when we allowed God to come into our lives, our lives changed. But did we receive the same power that Stephen received? Did he take it a step further? See, Stephen, he possessed the power of God. And now, as we read here, he revealed the appearance of God. Imagine that. Imagine. What a heart choice. What a heart choice does. All these things that we mention about praying, about reading, about fellowship, about faith, about faithfulness, about compassion. These are all the effects of a heart that is beating for God. Where is our heart? I love what we have here. A man full of faith. A man full of the Holy Spirit. A man full of grace. A man full of power. And a man that was full of God's appearance. This is powerful. But we speak these things so that we can examine our own hearts. Evaluate your heart. This is for me too. Evaluate my own heart. God isn't just speaking to you. He's speaking to me too. Where is my heart? You know, we see the signs that are happening. God is coming back soon. Where is your heart? Are you going to finish strong? Is your heart going to beat stronger than ever? Or is it just going to go around with your daily routine lives? Divided. Not full-hearted. In summary, what can we learn from all this? I'm going to share five things. And the first is this. 
as we stated, God is looking for people to use. God is looking for people to use. I want you to walk away remembering that God is looking for people to use. We looked at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. But this is so apparent when we look at Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, this was Isaiah writing it for us. He heard God saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Whom shall I send? Whom will go for us? This is the same thing that God is saying today. Whom will I send? Who will go for us? Are we going to respond like Isaiah? My heart beats for you, Lord. My heart is right. Send me. If it's just lip sync, then God isn't going to send you. But if it is true, then God will send you. The second point is I want to remind you of this. Is your heart right? Is your heart right? We've been talking about the heart today. Remember what the psalmist said here in Psalm 51 verse 10, where he says, create in me a clean heart, O God. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Examine my heart. Is my heart right for you, God? If it's not, I confess it. Create in me this clean heart that can only come from you, not from anybody else. It comes from you. And I want to remind you, when your heart is right, we move to point number three. That God will use you. Remember, God has chosen to use men. Remember, God doesn't use angels for the things that he has reserved for man. Remember, you should feel, you know what, special. That God wants his power to flow through you. He has chosen man to allow his power to flow through us. The angels were created already with this power. But for us, he chose us to release his power through us. Remember what the psalmist says in verse, chapter 8, verse 4. What is man that you are mindful of him? What is man that you are mindful of him? Lord, you keep your eyes on us. We are the apple of your eye. You are created us in your image. We are the only ones that have been created in the image of God. Imagine. And God desires to use us. The fourth point is this. And I must be truthful. There will be warfare. Remember, there will be warfare. Just like with Stephen, when God uses you, when God's power is flowing through you, there will be warfare. 
Ephesians 6 verses 11 through 12 tells us, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is a battle. But God will prevail. That's why we can stand against the wiles of the devil. That's why we will have victory. Yes, it will get hard at times, but believe me, greater is he than it, that is in us than he that is in the world. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It's important that we realize That no matter what, this world that we live in is only a temporary place. It doesn't compare to eternity. As Paul wrote to the Colossians, he says, be heavenly minded. Stop focusing on the world and the things of the world. Be heavenly minded. And I want to close with this. Has God inspired you to make a decision for him? Think about this. Is God speaking to you personally because we serve an intimate, personal God? Is he speaking to you? Has he touched your heart? Has he spoken to your heart? Maybe revealing that, you know what? Is your heart truly given to him? Is it wholeheartedly given to the Lord? If it's not, this is a decision that we make today. I'm going to pray. And I want everyone's eyes to close. I want your heads to bow. And we're going to allow the Lord His Holy Spirit to speak to your heart now. Is your heart wholeheartedly mine? If your heart is not mine, then make a choice today to give it to me. If the Lord is speaking to you, I'm going to ask you now to stand up and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for those that he has spoken to. That he is calling.
can we say? Can we, can we be true to ourselves? That our hearts belong to Christ. If you can't say this, then it's time to stand. If you desire to fully surrender, The evidence is always seen in prayer, in the reading of the word, in attending church, in having compassion for others, in being faithful, in being full of faith. If this is you, I'm gonna give you one final opportunity if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Let's stand and surrender our lives to him. Anyone else? Heavenly Father, you see these that are standing. Lord, their confession is to create in them a clean heart. They give you their hearts, Lord. They surrender their lives, Lord. Lord, you never resist the humble. But you pour out your grace. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to all of us, Lord, including myself, Lord. For I want to be, Lord. I want to experience the things that Stephen experienced, Lord. To be full of grace. To be full of power. To be full of faith. And full of the Holy Spirit, Lord. That is our desire, Lord. Lord, move through us. Use us. In these last days, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for being mindful of us, Lord. Lord, we give you all praise, all glory, all honor. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And I just want to remind you if...